0: This is a podcast where a real medical professional and me, an absolutely unqualified amateur, discuss fake medical emergencies. Obviously, this podcast is no substitute for actual medical advice. If you think you're having a medical emergency, please seek out real medical attention. And if you're going to listen to this in the ER waiting room, then for the love of God, put in headphones.
1: Hi everybody, this is Jackson Vane
0: I'm Johnny Kolosinski, you might remember me from such podcasts as How Did This Get Made? Get Made? A show looking at how the popular <laughs> podcasts, How Why? Did you, This Get Made? Why? Get Made
1: Oh god, what did I get myself into? Um,
0: this is a podcast about uh, fake medicine on real TV and film
1: yep.
0: uh, Jackson is a real doctor and I have no experience
1: whatsoever you have some now. But, you I, sat through enough of me okay. babbling about medicine and stuff. You should have some now.
0: Got two episodes under my belt. Three if you count the one that we didn't record right.
1: Yep. And the panel. So. And the panel. And a half.
0: So I'm basically a doctor now. I, Despite that, this isn't medical advice.
1: Please, if you need help, seek medical attention. This is just for entertainment. Just yeah. sit back, relax. We're just going to be real snarky about really bad medicine
0: what are we going to be smart about today jackson
1: it's going to be dr strange one of my favorite marvel movies recently
0: all right dr strange is not just a doctor of magic but also a doctor of medicine
1: yep he's a neurosurgeon very arrogant got into a car accident um injured his hands really badly because he was driving like a jerk and now he can't operate anymore is trying um to do you know, mystical healing to get his hands back into shape so that he can be a surgeon again. But during all that time, he gets himself into some misadventures.
0: All right. Now, first off, before we get into the scene itself, Mm -hmm. is this an accurate characterization of surgeons?
1: I don't want to get beaten up by the other surgeons. Okay. (laughs) Um, There's always stereotypes about very various, um, all the various uh, specialties of medicine, Uh, it's pretty close, I'll say that, with certain ones. Um, As I've ran into a few neurosurgeons lately that have had that kind of complex. But if he is a neurosurgeon, he definitely does a lot of stuff incorrectly just before he even became Doctor Strange's superhero. Okay. Um, Like when he scrubs in, he always touches his mask, and that is a definite no-no. Also, going into the OR without wearing a mask before doing surgery is also a no-no.
0: So, when when you have somebody's brain exposed, you don't want to be able to accidentally spit in it.
1: Or sneeze. I mean, it's the Sizzler and all the salad bars have a sneeze guard. It <laughs> should have at least something to protect your spit from hitting your brain. Or someone else's brain, I should say. So, there was a lot of, like, um, non-sterile techniques in this. And also... Uh, as an ER doctor, I can honestly say I've never been dragged into an operating suite to assist a neurosurgeon or any other kind of surgeon for that matter during a case. And that tends to happen a few times during this movie. Okay. So, what's the scene we're going to be talking about? So, we're going to talk about um, the scene after Doctor Strange confronts uh, all the Kaecilius' people in the uh, sanctum and he gets stabbed in the heart. He opens up a portal and ends up in the hospital looking for help. Okay. Um and he got stabbed in the heart. And he already said the diagnosis that he had, which is the diagnosis that you would think he'd have, which is um, cardiac tamponade. Okay. Okay. So it's something that, that we've brought up before. Yep. So cardiac tamponade is what happens when you pierce the tissue uh, or pierce the heart basically itself and you fill up blood around the pericardial sac. And that can affect your heart from squeezing properly and um, perfusing all of your organs, most importantly, your brain. So that's the big problem there. So he does find the ER doctor and they take him into what almost looks like an operating suite, but I'm assuming that's their trauma bay. Okay. And then she proceeds to try to fix him. All right. So there's, there's a couple of weird things. That is the quietest trauma room I've ever seen. Um, anytime there's any kind of trauma, there's probably like 15 people that descend onto that area at, at one moment.
0: And how many people were descending on the area in this one?
1: If you count the patient two, two. <laughs> yeah so it's just uh, Rachel McAdams character and Dr. Strange himself um, in there and that you know that poses a lot of problems you know if something bad happens you don't want to be the only one standing in there um, trying to do CPR help him breathe and drain um, his uh, the blood around his heart at the same time so that's why you need a lot of people
0: in there. Luckily, she did have the spirit of Doctor Strange showing up as a ghost.
1: Yes. So that was helpful because he actually kind of provided almost was like an ultrasound to his heart showing where to go with the um, the needle. However, her approach is completely wrong in that part.
0: It, again, something that we've covered
1: before. Yeah. Nobody gets the angles right. No one gets the angles right because it looks just much more dramatic when you go straight down or... Um, yeah, pretty much a straight 90 degrees, more or less. Initially, she started right. So um, I've done this once before in a, patient, in a live patient. I've done it many times in not-alive patients um, for practice. But um, you're pretty much going flat on the stomach under the rib cage, under the xiphoid process, which is that pointy thing under your sternum. And you're going aiming towards their left shoulder. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep pushing in and you're pulling back on the needle at the same time as you're pushing in until you feel a little pop and then you'll see blood coming out. And that's when you know you're in the right place. Uh, But usually we'll do an ultrasound first before we do that. Um, When Dr. Strange lit his own heart up, you don't really see the heart, but you see all the blood in the wound area itself. So when we use our ultrasound, you can actually see the heart covered in a sack of blood. And it looks like a water balloon with a little pumpy thing inside that's quivering. And mm-hmm. then we're just aiming for that water balloon.
0: Yeah. And, and it wouldn't look like a water balloon if it weren't for the... The blood. The, yeah. Right. And a, a normal heart would just look like a heart.
1: Yeah. Um, and the fact that it looked like a water balloon means you got to get that blood out. So her approach was you know, a little sharp. So she probably would have gone through a liver at that point. Um, Those are important. Or her I'm thing, using mine right now. Yep. And potentially going through the stomach too, um, even though it's kind of soft and squishy, puncturing it's a little hard because it might move out of the way. Because your, you know, your intestines aren't one solid mass; mm-hmm. it's a goopy mass, so things move out of the way. But she went in, blood came out, and she started draining it, which was good. That looked relatively realistic at that point because that patient needs to go into the operating room later so that they can put a window and allow that blood to come out and then heal properly. Okay. Um, but yeah, there were other weird parts in that too. I don't know if you noticed anything else weird in that one.
0: Um, well, I mean, I really don't know what I'm looking for except for,
1: I mean, the, the the big trope is always the shocking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one that we always talk about is everyone gets shocked. Right. No matter what, like no heart rate. You get shocked and I know in, in actuality, you shouldn't shock' him because that's gonna do absolutely nothing right. um It's kind of like when we're talking about in the pulp fiction episode uh the longer you're down with no circulation to your brain, the less likely your brain's gonna come back normally mm-hmm. and they're just leaving him there, not helping him breathe, no oxygen coming in, no c p r they just went straight for the paddles, and that's just not what is normal in this case, okay. Um, so yeah, they shocked him, and by shocking him, shocked the spirit that was trying to kill him. Which is good. Which is good. Now, what
0: is what's general procedure in the event of a ghost battle in a trauma
1: suite? Um, I mean, if you go by what you hear, if there's a, or if you play by the rules of an OR, if there's an earthquake, then the lowest seniority person dives on top of the body and tries to cover it. So. If there was another person in there, not just Rachel McAdams, they could potentially cover the body from all the ghosts that are going through. And Would you
0: need a low, like a lower-ranking ghost?
1: Or, a, I mean, or you just get Rachel McAdams' ghost out and have her fight it there off. There we the go. Too. But then she can't hold the needle anymore. So that's the problem there.
0: This is why you need lots of people in your found in your exactly. suite. Someone ghosts. Needs,
1: someone needs to hold the patient. Someone needs to cover him. There's so many other things there. So that's one issue on that part. But the the shocking part was is the biggest concern always cuz also there's no other IV established on uh Doctor Strange. So if he had dropping blood pressure for some reason mm-hmm. or you need to give him medicine like epinephrine to bring his heart back, you can't. We have no access at all. So in a code situation like that, that's why you need more people is someone starting an IV in their arms or legs or taking out a drill even and putting it in their bones so that we can start an IV so we can have somewhere to give them fluids and medicine. And no one's done that yet. But I get it. He's fighting mystical ghosts. You can't have that many people know about mm-hmm. the secret world that's going on. Um, and then they realized when they shocked him, he got a heart rate back. So the concern there is if you shock him again with a, a heart rate already, what's going to happen?
0: It's going to
1: screw up again you're gonna kill him um so that's the other big problem uh and then if you want me to really nitpick you can actually see the monitor when they uh before she shocked him the first time he already had a heart rate on that part and it was what we call normal sinus rhythm which is what your heart is normally and you don't necessarily need to shock a patient like that so that was the weird stuff and also they got a whole rhythm with just one little sticker on the chest and usually they get at least three stickers on their chest when they come in. On because you have to triangulate it. Correct. So you mess that up. No, you actually kinda do because you actually have to measure the axis of the heart. So okay. which way the electricity is moving. Interesting. Actually correlates to those rhythms that you huh. see on the E K G. So it's like moving away or moving towards goes up, moving away goes down. So that's why you get the whole up and down that you see all the time on tv the little bump and then the up and down it all correlates to which part of the heart it's going through and then that's why you get the the rhythm that you do so one of the, one of the
0: questions we generally bring up is how would you change this to be more medically accurate mm-hmm. and still keep the stakes as high I, mean, I think part of the
1: reason the stakes are so high is because she's alone yeah but it's a situation that no physician would try to put themselves into. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the stakes are already high. He's going to die no matter what. Um, So making sure you actually have having other people there is not going to lower the stakes because they're not going to be the ones seeing the ghost battle or anything like that. And potentially Dr. Strange could be only talking to her Mm -hmm. and no one else. Um, So the stress, the stakes are still high so having a full thing might actually make it more dramatic because, because she's talking to talking the to ER. someone random the nurses around or the respiratory therapist is like who the heck are you talking to why are we shocking this person again they might try to stop her from shocking him again and that in itself is its own kind of dramatic case right there right cuz if you're if you're working on a team let's say you're working in the ER with me and someone's already back to life and I still take the paddles and shock them again because Some ghosts, I saw some (laughs) ghosts that told me, I need to get shocked again because I'm fighting some paranormal ghosts. You're going to call me crazy and tackle me and not let me shock them again. And that's going to create another level of drama on that part. That's, I hadn't even thought about that. Right? Uh, So. And then I probably would get a 5150 and then put into like the psychiatric ward.
0: So what what would so that would be the effect if she
1: went and randomly was
0: shocking patients yeah. for 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 funsies the, and ghosties? Yeah. What would the repercussions be of her taking a doctor she knew and doing one on so, one trauma surgery? So that's
1: like the Grey's Anatomy um, issue, right? Because mm-hmm. those interns were doing appendectomies on each other. Uh, you're going to lose your license uh, for sure. And there's no way you can pull someone in a busy ER walking down the hall who's bleeding actively into a trauma bay and not have a bunch of looky lose look. Mm -hmm. There's no way. I'll have patients' families kind of... If they see me running a code, we'll try to like stick their head in and try to look, and we're like, because it looks cool. Because it looks cool, and if in, in their opinion, yeah, it looks it looks like
0: cool medicine. It's like stuff TV. I saw on TV, yeah.
1: right? But like when you see a, a a stretcher getting brought down, or someone's in a wheelchair getting wheeled into the big room with all the equipment, you want to know, and not just the patients, but if this is a teaching hospital, residents, medical students, all the other nurses. We have people from other floors will come down if they hear code whatever and they'll run down to our ER. Just so that they're are hands on deck? Correct. So those it's really hard to do something this medically fragile and complicated by yourself.
0: Um I codes generally autom like automated when they're called? If so, so, so I we, mean obviously his heart rhythm was just fine. Uh huh but if it hadn't been so there's
1: a new, it depends on the hospital but of all the hospitals I've worked at usually if there's a code um, we'll call the operator to page mm-hmm. it overhead or if someone is in their room and they're arrested for some reason there's a button that you can press and the problem with that is kids see a shiny button and they press and they- it over and over again so that's one that's how we activate codes and there's so many different codes and some hospitals have gone Away from using codes, and they call it Doctor Whatever mm-hmm. to make it more innocuous. So, like if you had cardiac arrest, so, so you aren't hearing Code Blue, Code Code you'll Black. Doctor hear Heart to Room Whatever, Whatever, because Doctor Heart means your heart stopped, or uh, Doctor Smoke because mm-hmm. there's a fire somewhere. Um, or Doctor Vane because oh wait that would be me um, and usually if that happens that is probably something bad's going on too. Um, <laughs> or Doctor Strong is the other one that I love when there's a combative person that we need security for. Doctor Strong comes by to hold him down.
0: Now what would if you were going to name a code after Doctor Strange what would you call it? Or what would Doctor what <laughs> would the Doctor Strange code mean?
1: That's essentially this. That it would be ghosts ghosts going around. <laughs> Um, I'm sure the next time I get a cardiac tamponade, it's going to be a lot of discussions about Dr. Strange and stuff like that. And we'd be doing all of this. Like, this is a very rare situation, at least in the pediatric population. I haven't seen that much. In the adult population, um, I saw plenty. Um, when I was living in Albuquerque, I would see a lot of cardiac tamponade. Not like super common, probably once every other month or once every three months or so. It's rare, but not that rare for us anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Was there anything else you noticed that was weird in that scene from like, you know, just a regular standpoint? A layperson standpoint? Um, yeah, I mean, it,
0: to me, the thing that sticks out is the ghost fight. The ghost which fight. is,
1: Yeah, and I'm unfortunately not a medium, so I can't talk a lot about that right but then the other thing that i think would be funny is if they did do cpr on him during his ghost fight would he kind of just float back (laughs) in the water um kind of like floating in the water and just unable to throw his punches really well too um also if he was in cardiac arrest and they did cpr and they couldn't get it back he probably would get a breathing tube at some point Mm -hmm. so he and probably be paralyzed and whatnot so all this stuff on top of it is not going to help with all this. Um, with his battle with this spirit that's trying to actively kill him in the um the spectral realm.
0: Yeah. Except for the electricity, which apparently is.
1: Apparently, is electricity works, yeah. And they really crank that
0: thing high, too. Oh, and there's settings?
1: Yeah. So, it actually, there's dosages of what you shock patients at and different types of electricity that you shock patients with, depending on what rhythm they're in. Huh. So, defibrillation is for if you're in fibrillation. Okay. Because De- you're trying to yeah. defibrillate them. F- right?
0: Fibrillation is, is just random ry- Un- rhythm?
1: Disorganized rhythm of the heart. Okay. And then you have. Um, Synchronized cardioversion when they're in what we call like um, SVT, uh, which is supraventricular tachycardia, and you're just matching trying to not shock them out of that rhythm that they're in already, because they're in an organized rhythm, so you're just trying to shock them back into a slower rhythm, Mm because with that there's a pathway in the heart that the electricity is going through over and over again that's overstimulating the heart, so you're trying to make it not go down that pathway anymore. So, there's different dosages, like for kids... We'll do like half a joule or one joule per kilogram. So it's all based on weight. So we have to weigh them before we shock them. That's,
0: I had no idea. Yeah. I just figured it was, you
1: know... Crank it up and then yeah. yell clear and shock them, right? And we yeah. don't use paddles anymore either. So it's just one of those old tropes that we definitely just don't do paddles anymore. We put stickers on their chest that measure how well we're doing CPR sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then... We shock them with the same paddles that is me- me- sorry. We we'll shock them with the same stickers that is measuring their rhythm. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: I had no idea. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: So yeah, we have to measure the right dosage of electricity to heal you. I, it so, totally
0: makes sense, but it's not something I ever thought of before. Yeah,
1: and it, I didn't think about that or know about that until like. My first day of residency. So it took me a while to actually realize that. Because as a medical student, you're not in codes. Mm -hmm. Um, You can watch it, but there's no way they're going to let you anywhere near that thing unless it's to do CPR. So so
0: the Dr. Nick taking a fluorescent light and shocking Grandpa.
1: It wasn't a fluorescent light. It was a golf cart battery. Oh. And shocked him over and over again because he had skin failure. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to work. But the, I mean, but the, the shocking of patients does bring a lot of false hope to families. Mm-hmm. You know you'll get patients that get brought in in cardiac arrest and families have tried shocking with the car battery and can bring back to life or after you've done CPR for an hour and you know this patient's not coming back, they want you to do anything and they want you to shock them and you what you can do it It's not going to help, mm-hmm. but potentially can harm the patient because if their skin's like super moist, you can shock other people. Um, If it's dry or they have something conductive in them, it can potentially cause a fire. Um, If there's oxygen near them, that can also cause a fire. So shocking someone is not just a benign treatment to bring someone back to life. It potentially can be dangerous to not only the recently deceased or the patient itself, but it can be dangerous to everyone in the room. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of those things that we see so much on TV, and we'll probably dig into this again with another case um but we see it a lot
0: i i had i it totally makes sense that you dose the electricity but i never thought about that that's so cool
1: if the small dose doesn't work you turn it up do a higher dose that doesn't work it goes to 11 pretty much but there is like a an upper limit for all that stuff i think they got up to 400 joules in this one that's pretty high and that's probably pretty much the upper limit of that um situation that's for someone who's if we're doing like peds dose it's someone who's probably over 100 or kilograms or maybe 150 kilograms already at that point so a 300 pound kid probably Mm -hmm. by that point we're using adult doses but that's someone whose heart is refractory to any kind of shocking
0: Hmm.
1: yeah so i mean there were some good things in the scene i appreciated that they kind of explained it's a realistic injury for what happened
0: have you ever seen them use uh i i always want to call it cardiac tamponade that's not not what it is
1: pericardiosynthesis
0: yeah uh, no uh, uh the top the, what the the tapasapa something the what the what <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: pericardiotampon per what, pericardial tamponade
0: tamponade yeah uh have have you ever seen tamponade used correctly on tv before
1: no um I mean, I saw it once on an episode of Untold Stories of the ER, but... That's almost a document. That's just a really, really crappy documentary. Yeah. Um, So that's the only time I've actually seen it on TV, but I haven't really seen it in any other um, shows yet. Um, There probably is. I just haven't watched any of those shows recently to remember a case like that. But it is definitely an ER physician kind of thing that we are trained to do and see. So seeing that... um, it was kind of nice to see that the ER doctor was doing not just another surgeon that walked in and kind of stole the case of an ER doctor. <laughs> it's always like a turf war during these trauma cases. Um, but again, there's no turf to there, battle because there's, just there's one only person. one doctor. Yeah. Also, it's very dark in that room. Like, I don't know how she's doing all that stuff with just one sole light there. <laughs> Especially just sewing them up right now. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and usually the disposition for a patient like this isn't just go home um you're in the hospital for a while because um that blood comes back you know just because you drain that fluid you just drain the fluid from the sac Mm -hmm. that blood's coming from somewhere else and you have to figure out where it is otherwise that reaccumulates and and
0: this is just me guessing but i would assume that generally it's hard to form a clot in the heart because of how much turbulence there yeah. is from the heart beating constantly. Because they're, they're, you don't want clots in your heart. That's bad. I'm well, not a doctor. Not
1: clot, not so much clots in your heart, but also clots in your coronary mm-hmm. is really the bigger concern. Because clots in your heart, they'll usually fire to other places, like your lungs, and you get to pee, and that's how you die in that part. But really, it's clots in your coronaries that's concerning. But also, if you have a leaky heart, because there's a hole in it, it's not you're not going to last for long. You need surgery to... Okay, that so up.
0: that would be a, a <clears throat> secondary surgery that they yeah. would do, too. So
1: the, the, the draining of the blood around the heart is just a temporizing measure, uh-huh. um, measure so that you can, your heart's still pumping and can still do its thing. You still need to find out where the leak is that's causing all the fluid to go into that sac. So that's the other issue. With it. Would they
0: sew that up then or would they do well, the needs same sur- thing as the fix it up you gotta or fix a flat f-
1: sort of thing? You can't really fix a flat that thing. You really got to go in because if you fix a flat that mm-hmm. your heart is essentially... Oh, it got, yeah, it would... Yeah. Yeah, and then you'll, you'll get a heart attack too because your coronaries go kaput. So yeah. it's, it's a very serious case and also with that kind of stab it's the umathermin situation all over again. You probably have pneumothorax at the same time which is a collapsed lung so mm-hmm. you can't breathe from that part too. So multiple issues if you get stabbed with a mysterious weapon, which I'm still very surprised when she said I've never seen that kind of stab wound before. Stab wounds just look like stab wounds. <laughs> I don't like a mystical weapon stab wound unless it's like burned around the there's like a burn around the edges and then a puncture wound. Or it's filled with, like, glitter? Yeah. Stab wound's a stab wound is a stab wound. Like, the management's still the same. Stop stop the bleeding is really the only thing you really need to do. I've
0: never seen a stab wound that bled before. Yeah.
1: Or that looks glitterly and magical. Like, never. Yeah. So that's, like, the weird kind of situation with that one. I mean, I still love the movie, except for, like, all the... The funny part is, uh, the medical scenes, they try really hard to make it really accurate. And I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, there's so many things in this movie that's irking me. But then I forgot most of it by the end of it. So I love the movie. It's the medical stuff. Some of it looks great. The terms look great. But little minor things that always fall into the traps of you know, Hollywood filmmaking, mm-hmm. especially with sterile procedure and whatnot. That's always the biggest sin of any kind of surgical uh, scene is just sterile procedure. And, and now you have an ER in the hospital that's kind of represented nicely yeah yep all
0: right so thanks everybody for listening uh gonna once again ask we're just starting out so any reviews you leave on stitcher itunes and wherever you're finding your great podcast will be super helpful here early on and if you like it we're stealing something from uh cocaine and rhinestones which is a great history of country music podcast if you like this please tell one friend about it yes please uh it we're working to build our pyramid scheme of podcasts and we need that those first few stages of our mlm program yep all right so thanks folks we will be back with more uh next week yep thank you so much